This is the Tribe of Millionaires podcast from GoBundance. The tribe of healthy, wealthy, generous people who choose to live epic lives. Listen Tuesdays for featured guests and Fridays for GoBundance member spotlights. But listen always to hear how our guests have grabbed life big. Now, here's your host, Jamie Gruber. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today, I, I love this guy. So I'm excited to have him on here. Uh, he's an author. He's an entrepreneur. He's an athlete. He's a bodybuilder. He's an international speaker. In fact, as we speak, he's about to jump on stage at, at Unleash the Power Within, Tony Robbins' event down in Miami or down in South Florida. He has over a million followers on social media, and he's not even 30 yet. I mean, just absolute baller. Nick Santanastasso. Good to see you, buddy. My man, thanks for having me. This is going to be great. <laughs> always, always. I always appreciate time with you and, uh, and I'm lucky to, to be in your network in some way, shape or form. So let's, let's dive in. Look, you, your story, and for those that are maybe learning of you the first time or maybe seeing you for the first time, uh, will learn that you, you were born with a, a condition, Hanhart syndrome. I think when you were born, there were like 12 other people in the United States ever born with this syndrome. It can be fatal. You obviously didn't die from this and you're thriving and living and all of that stuff. And all the stuff I just talked about, athlete, bodybuilder, international speaker. I mean, folks that follow you, they'll see you with The Rock and Russell Brunson, all these amazing people. But that wasn't always the case. This confidence level, this, this ability for you to sort of live and exist in that world wasn't always the case. You were, you were in your depths at one point, maybe even suicidal if I, if I understand it right. Can you talk about that time and what changed it? What was the, what was the pivot for you? Yeah. Yeah. So to give some people context too, is, um, as, as, uh, Jamie said, I was born with hand heart syndrome. And, um, at the time of my birth, I was the 12th baby in the entire world, um, the that world, they've ever seen has happened to, and out of the 12, eight of them had passed away. And so, um, you know, as I'm here, I'm, I'm born with no legs, one arm, and all of my organs were hundred percent healthy. And I think, I think early on, because right, talking a lot about the brain is like most of who you are, like your thoughts, your actions, your emotions, your triggers, I mean, everything, most of your brain and your beliefs are conditioned between zero and seven years old. Um, because your brain is still in theta state, which is like the door to your subconscious mind, we're very suggestible between zero and seven years old. And so I think those are crucial years. And I think my parents gave me a superpower by like treating me normal between those years. I mean, they treated me normal my whole life, but they treated me normal in the case of they would put my clothes in front of me or put my food in front of me and say, figure it out. And so I think between zero and seven years old, I did become a few things. And one thing I became was solution oriented. Unconsciously, I just became solution oriented because they never gave me the solution or they never gave me, um, they, they, they made me do the work. Right. Um, the other thing that I learned very early on that is failures all around me. Um, and so I always say that, you know, my whole life is a bunch of failures led to a success because I, I failed at everything. And I think I, I became accustomed to realizing that failure was going to be there and I'm going to leverage it. And I'm going to use it rather than run away from it. Um, and also rejection. I got rejected by my food. I got rejected by my clothes. I got rejected by girls. And so that was um, another thing that I developed, I guess, a good relationship with rejection. But yeah, so going into to middle school, I think by the time I got into middle school, I realized I was different. I think before then I was just like, oh, I'm just, you know, this guy, I was, I was very pure until other people t told me I was different. And so when I got into middle school, I was, I finally like looked around and I noticed, I noticed some things. I'm like, 
all that everyone's taller than me. Why is everyone taller than me? Why am I sitting in this wheelchair? Why is someone, why, why do I have an aide and they sit and sit with me in class? Why do people always want to give me extra time? Why don't girls like me? You know, like there was just things that I picked up on and you see me now and you see this certain confident person, but like you said, I, I, I built this person. And so I was in a very low point in middle school and high school. Um, and now that I look back on it, Jamie is because I was, I was trying to feel validated. Um, I wasn't getting validation for myself. I didn't know I had to seek it within, but I was seeking validation from girls, guys, sports, you name it. I just wanted to be validated. I want to be loved. Um, and so high school rolled around and I wanted to be just like my brother and my brother was a wrestler and um, all my best friends are wrestlers at the time as well. And I was, I was actually searching for confidence. I was searching for confidence because I'm like, where does this thing come from? Where does self-worth come from? Where does confidence come from? I don't have the legs. I don't have confidence. Where does this come from? And so I was looking for a way to really just build myself up because as we know, and as we talk about is like humans will change for two reasons. We experience enough pain or we experience enough pleasure. But oftentimes with human psychology, you'll run away from pain faster than you run towards pleasure. And so what you'll notice in your life and for those that are listening is you won't, a lot of times people won't start going to the gym until the doctor tells them they have diabetes, True. you know, or, Hey, you're, you're really overweight for your age, or you won't start, um, you won't quit your job and go all in on your dreams until some sort of thing gets pushed on you, whether it's a mandate or something, you experience enough pain and you're like, this is it, you hit your pain threshold. And so I hit my pain threshold and I was looking for a way out and my way out was, was wrestling. And so, but I had a, I had a challenge and my challenge was that this arm was about five inches longer than it is now. And my bone was going faster than my skin. So it was super sensitive. And if, if I would have hit my arm hard enough, my bone would have came through my skin. And so Nick being solution oriented, I came home one day and I said, hey, mom and dad, you know, I want to become a wrestler. And and they're like, well, what about your arm? And I was like, well, can we just cut it off? Can we do can we do something about it? Can we amputate it? And that was my my mindset, because that was just the way like is in like find a solution and do it. I don't care if it's amputating an arm. It's just, and, and that's what happens through repetition of you being solution oriented is you don't really think about it as a problem or a challenge. I wasn't even focused on the fact that like, oh yeah, even after I cut my arm off, I still have no legs on arm. I may not be a best wrestler. I wasn't even focused on that. I was just like, what's in front of me and how can I destroy this, this um, challenge? And so my parents accepted my offer of cutting my arm off, not them and not me, of course, but the doctors. <laughs> And um, my, sophomore, my sophomore year of high school, we went ahead and scheduled the appointment for me to amputate my arm. Now, Jamie, I want to I give people some context here is that when you're listening to this podcast, the most important thing for you to realize is I'm not here to give you answers. I'm not here to give you answers. More importantly, I'm going to ask you questions so you can find your own answers because you'll take action on yours versus mine. And so when I reflect back on the, the, the amputating my arm story, Kind of the questions that I want to spark to the audience is first, what are you willing to sacrifice to be successful? What are you willing to sacrifice for a shot at your dreams? Because I, I and to be honest, I was a shitty wrestler. I, was, I wasn't the greatest wrestler, but what, what are you willing to sacrifice for a shot at your dreams? The second thing that I want to ask the audience is, what are the very things that you need to cut off that no longer serve you? And hopefully it's not an arm like me, right? That's pretty extreme, but maybe there's a specific story or specific beliefs that you're holding on to that you know are holding you back, right? Because we're going to talk, we're, we're going to go into the brain and how the brain works. And a lot of the times, and Jamie, you and I, we work with entrepreneurs on a day-to-day -day basis. It's like a lot of the times it's their own mind that gets in the way. They're brilliant people, brilliant people. They have the tools, they have the networks, they have the resources, they have, they have the opportunities, but it's the, 
it's the, the system in their head that kind of is a little bit faulty. And, and then the third question I would ask them is, what are the very people in your life that aren't bringing you up that you need to distance yourself from? And so, yeah, so, so to, to go back into that, Jamie, is I, I got into wrestling and that was the step of building my, my confidence and my self-worth. And I think that's so important is because I truly believe that the foundation to your success is how you view yourself and what you think you're worth. Because you'll never make more than you think you're worth. In all areas, right? Like even even your story, bro. Like Jamie, when he was nine to five, like that's what he thought he was worth. And then he found some more worth and he's like, Oh, I can make passive income, I could do this, I could buy properties. Like, and then your worth goes up and your value goes up, right? Um, and so I believe that whether it's money, you'll get what you what you think you're worth in relationships, you'll get what you think you're worth with your physical body and your weight loss or your weight gain, you'll get what you think you're worth. And so this really comes down to how you view yourself. I don't know where you want to go with that, but there's That's, plenty of no, there's a lot. There's a couple things I wrote. I was writing down the question. So a couple couple things. Have you ever heard of the concept? I've been fascinated by this. A, a friend of mine, Mike, introduced me to this, a vacuum prosperity law. Have you ever heard that concept before? This is interesting. Bob Proctor, I think, popularized this. And you can Google it and look it up for anybody listening or for you, Nick. But it's what you talked about. What are you willing to sacrifice to be successful? What are you willing to cut off that no longer serves you? The idea of vacuum prosperity law is... Uh, when you, in order to create space for the things that you want in life, you have to, you have to, you have to get rid of things, right? So the best example of this that's popular is if you go through your closet and just clean out all the crap, all the shit, all the stuff that you don't want anymore, right? Like you're down to like six shirts and two pairs of pants or whatever, right? In six months, if you go to your closet, it'll be full again. It will fill back up, but only because you made space, right? I mean, that's a, a, a well, how do you get the money? Well, you get the money because you, you're, you're going to be creative and figure out ways to do that. That's losing a job. That's losing a limb or whatever. You create space for the things that you want. What you asked the, when you asked those questions, that jumped to mind. So that was one thing I wanted to kind of put out there. Do you, you have something you wanted to say on that? Or? I love it. I, I, I love it. And I think that that's a great point. And a lot of the times we hold on to the, the clothes in the closet for the certainty whether and the clothes in the closet is just an analogy right 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 the yep. analogy could be a friend it could be someone else it could be a specific job because of the certainty of the income i love that yeah yeah it's a great concept like i said it's in the last month or two i heard i learned of it and I, i'm just like spackling it out there to anybody i talk to like yeah, you yeah. gotta see check this out watch this video i'm texting it i'll send it to you after this so you can you can see it's like two minutes long it's not a big big deal uh, but go go back to the brain wiring. So this is this is big. You talked about you know entrepreneurs you work with and kind of getting into the brain, and you've spent a lot of time here. You spent a lot of time research energy. I mean, this is what you do. This is your life. What are some things that you see most commonly, you know, from a brain perspective, a wiring perspective, whatever, as you work with entrepreneurs, what are some things you find yourself repeating or find yourself seeing or or whatever? What 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 themes are emerging for you? Yeah, that's such a great, great question. And as you know, we were working on, working on a beta group and it was really just to dive deep into the brains and find commonalities and patterns. And so it's really wild when you ask me that. The first thing, and you're going to be blown away, and, and, and this is going to relate because we're action takers and achievers, just like everybody listening, is bro, successful entrepreneurs don't even celebrate their wins. That's true. They don't even celebrate their wins enough. And, and, and listen to me when I elaborate on this is like celebrating your wins is like way more than you think it is. Celebrating your wins is is literally wiring your brain to want to feel the emotions of winning more, right? And so you and I, like we, we win and then we're on to the next thing. And then we totally downplay ourselves. And then when you're going to try to achieve something that's greater 
And that, that lack of self-worth comes into play. You wonder why, because you haven't reflected on all the things that you've already achieved. Yeah. Right. And so you don't have that fuel. It's kind of like leverage. It's like, of course I can do this. Look at all the things that I've did. Right. But their brain, I can, I can literally, I'll ask them like, what are some of your biggest wins? They're like, um, this and that. I'm like, well, what about the million dollar launch you did? They're like, Oh yeah. I'm like, there you go. Right. So the first one is self-reflection and, and celebrating wins. And let me tell you this, it's, it's easy to feel like a loser when you don't keep score. Mm, I like that. And what's the point of winning if you're not going to enjoy it, you know? And so that's the first thing. The second thing that I've realized, and we call it, we call it success rules is entrepreneurs have, have set up their life to a point where they always say, well, when I start my portfolio, then I'll feel fulfilled. Hmm. Or when I start losing the weight, then I'll feel fulfilled. Or when I finally get that car or have that house or this number in my bank account, then I'll feel fulfilled. And I want to break this down real quick. The first thing is, is you and I both know there's never a point where we're like, eh, I've done it. It's done. Let me, let me, let me pack my bags. There's never yeah. a point, right? Never. Yeah. Um, no, th- never. There's, there's never a point. Um, the second thing the second thing is, is realizing that I kind of, I kind of lost, I pattern interrupt myself because I cracked myself. No, I, I do that too. So yeah, we, the, the point about being fulfilled, like, I, look, that's oh, my yeah. story with my job, right? Like I, I, I got this job and it was like, I thought that was going to be it. And I yeah. moved to Michigan and did all that. And it was like emptiness, like hollow and scared now, like what the hell did I just do? Yeah. So that resonated. I don't know if that triggers what you were, yeah, where yeah, you were going. No, yeah. Thank you so much. And, sure, and sure. so we, we always think like, Oh, when I get this, then it'll be it. And so the, the other thing, what you need to realize is you're, you're not chasing the Lamborghini. You're not chasing the real estate portfolio, a specific amount of money. You're chasing how it makes you feel mm-hmm. the feeling. So what if we can feel those feelings every single day by aligning the rules of our life? So we can feel those everything. And so let me, let me elaborate. And, and I learned this. This was one of the quotes that I learned from Tony. He said, he said, Nick, most people have a highway to hell and a dirt road to happiness. Hmm. Meaning that the rules that we set up for our life as humans, and especially entrepreneurs, we make it really easy to feel shitty about ourselves and we make it feel really hard to feel successful. And so what if you can change the rules? And so I asked my people and said, because if I asked, if I asked Jamie, for example, and I said, Jamie, um, what, what, what do you need to do in order to feel successful? And he was like, I need my wife and my kids to be happy 24 seven. You can't have that. It's, it's right. bullshit. It's never going to happen. Right. Yeah. And so yep. that, you see the conflict with the rules. And so yeah. that's the second common theme is the rules that they set up for their life. Um, don't work. And so I have them recreate their success rules. Like for example, some of my success rules are when Nick asks really good questions, he feels successful. Right. When Nick moves his body and listens to a podcast, he feels successful or he feels smart. Right. Like and, and I make it really easy. And at first, especially if you're like changing your identity, becoming at first, like you're like, well, this doesn't work. But with repetition, you become like mm. that's the thing. It's like. I can give you something really simple to do. But you won't do it over and over again because you think it's oh, this is so simple. It's not going to make any difference. But if you do it over time and we'll talk about the brain it's like. That's the repetition. And so I'd say that is another common theme. And then the, I'd say the third common theme that I've I've ran into entrepreneurs is they have a lot of trauma and a lot of baggage that they haven't worked through or they haven't released. Um, And that's, you know, one of the tools that that I'm learning in the sense of where I can literally say, Jamie, we got on a call and I can take you some sort of some, take you through a process. It's called matrix therapy. 
um, and I'm learning it right now. And, and basically I can, and I learned this through neuro-linguistic programming as well, but I can literally put you in a trance hypnosis, right? In a good way, not a freaky way. And <laughs> I can literally, I can literally, once you let go, I, I can allow your, your subconscious mind to speak for you. Like not your conscious mind, but your subconscious mind to speak to you. And I can say, well, Jamie, when was the first time you experienced anger? And you'll say, I was five years old. And then I can say, you know, what was it? And it'll just come out and I'll say, what was the lessons? What was the learnings? And you're, you're, if you let go, your unconscious mind will speak. But also I can say, well, Jamie, was there a time before that? Right. And for example, Jamie's first time he may have experienced anger was two years old when he didn't get the specific toy that he wanted, but you don't know. Right. And so your anger starts. And so if I'm able to go to the very first moment in your life where you experience anger and I can have you release it, I can literally release all of your past trauma of anger and I can go through specific emotions and literally purge your body. Wow. Right. And so, sorry, going into like some. No, no, that's, that's Um, fascinating. Keep going. Yeah. And so so that's what I would say are are some common themes is that have a lot of baggage. And um, the last thing is they have a specific identity in business, like a fucking a stud, like I'm this in business. And then yeah. either two things, they bring that same identity home in the relationships and it doesn't work, or they're a totally different identity um, when they come home to the wife and the family. And so like, you can't be the same driver and fire in your business that got you there in your relationship sometimes, like you need to have a different identity. And so I, I help people actually create different names, right? And so you have Say, say you have um, this person in work and these are your attributes. It's okay. But when you come home, now you, now you switch your hat to this way and you bring these characteristics home into your relationship. Does that make sense? It does. 100%. So those are the few commonalities that, that I've realized and I'm still, I'm still learning and I'm still um, diving into the entrepreneur, but these are all very simple things that if you make a shift, it'll make the biggest difference. That it's Jimmy, so I, I know that was a long-winded answer. I hope that wasn't boring. Don't, no, look, don't celebrate wins. We we uh, how did I put this? We talk about being fulfilled later. We 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 put the wrong rules in place for ourselves, and then the trauma and the baggage. I, I you're checking my list here for me. I I remember when I joined GoBundant, right? You hit a million dollars in net worth. Like you're a millionaire. I don't. I didn't do anything. I didn't go out to dinner. There was no celebration. It was like next. And I bet you most people. Most people do that. I mean, if you're $500,000 or $200,000 in net worth, like that's an accomplishment, but we don't celebrate it because I want to be a millionaire or now I want to be a five or 10 or 20 or 50 millionaire, right? Like I want to be an eight figure guy. So there's, there's never that satisfaction to your point. We don't celebrate our wins and I'm always looking later. I'm, I'm keep, I keep throwing the football down the field for where my fulfillment will come. But this trauma piece, man, I went through Landmark recently. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done the Landmark yeah, form or not, but- yeah, it, 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 this is what it gets at. Now, not to the point of what you described of like literally getting down to the subconscious brain speaking uh, on its own behalf, which would be really interesting. Next time I'm in Vegas, <laughs> you've to put me through this, although I'm a little afraid of what I would say. But anyway, um, but, you know, I, I remember in a moment we were talking about you know, trauma from childhood or whatever and, and you know, uh, how this stuff conditions you for the future. And I don't know why it came to me, but I remember being like four years old, drawing a picture of my grandfather, my mother's father, and then going to my grandmother's house, my father's mother. So not not married grandparents and said, yeah, she asked what I did in school. I said, I drew a picture of grandpa. She thought I said grandma, her. And I went to correct her. And the moment I went to correct her, I got like, like hit, like, no, you don't, don't don't correct her. Like, you know, you're going to make her feel bad. And I, I, that like stuck with me, right? Like, Oh, don't, don't be authentic. Don't be you right. Just because that could hurt other people. Don't do that. 
And I, I fancy myself a people pleaser ever since. And that's what led to a career. And in my career, the political aspect of my ascension was all about who do I please, right? And I'm, I'm still there. And I'm still trying to unpack that. So to go deeper, to go even deeper with what you described, just it blows my mind. So no, this was great, man. Like just to, I want to affirm all of these things exist with me at least. And I'm sure they exist. Like, like you said, this is the, these are the themes you see in everybody that you're working with. Yeah? Yeah. And it it blew me away because I had a belief before I even went into this field that can I, I want to share a few beliefs that I had. The, the, the first belief that I had, and just to be authentic and transparent, is if anyone came to me who already experienced Tony, like they're already fixed. And that was that was bullshit. Wow. Yeah. Like in the sense of like, oh, you, if you even went to any Tony events, like you have nothing to work through, which is not the case because right. you can do you can four days and whatever it is, but like the repetition afterwards is like, you have to, con- the training never stops. We know this, even I know this, but I was like, ah, eh, no, they, they've already experienced it. What, what can I give to them? Um, and then the second thing that I realized is that there are massively successful people out there financially that still struggle with psychology. And those are my people. Um, and those are the two beliefs that I was able to shatter. And another one, and, and this has just um, been a massive shift for me and I want to share it is What's going on, everybody? It's Jamie. I'm jumping in real quick here because some people are listening to this podcast thinking, man, I hear this guest. I hear what they're talking about. This whole GoBundance thing sounds pretty cool. I'd love to be a part of that. And I would say to you, if you are qualified to be part of GoBundance, you're a millionaire or accredited at the very least, jump on to GoBundance.com and just put your application in. You'll get on a call. It might even be with me where we can talk about what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish, and what it is to be part of this community in depth. Would love to have a conversation with you about that. It's been just so life-changing for me. And for those of you out there that are saying, yeah, sounds great. I would if I were a millionaire or if I were accredited, but I'm not there yet. We've got that now. We've built a program and I run it. I love, love being a part of it. I left my job for it called Emerge and Ascend. Emerge is where you got to start. It's a 12-week intensive sprint goal-setting course. You're going to get curriculum every week. You're going to get live intervention every week. You're going to get connection with GoBundance members every week. You're going to get accountability from like-minded people every week. Jump into that, kill it, and we invite you to Ascend, which is essentially the GoBundance Mastermind without the million-dollar requirement. And we actually even add in coaching to help folks find their purpose, their mission, their values. It's intense. It's, it's everything all wrapped in one. So again, if you're a millionaire or you're at least accredited and you're wondering about this GoBundance thing and that should I, shouldn't I, just apply. Throw your name in. You lose nothing. All you do is put your name into an application form. You get on a phone call and then you decide. If you're not yet at that million dollar mark, look at Emerge. GoBundance.com slash Emerge. And what you can do as well is drop my name in there, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, and we'll knock 200 bucks off the tuition for Emerge. Jump in there and we'll get you started on your journey toward being a whole life millionaire, toward getting to GoBundance, whatever you want. People in Emerge, people in Ascend, people in GoBundance all report back often the changes it's made in their lives financially, relationally, and everywhere else. So go to GoBundance.com, check all of that out, see wherever you are, dive into that particular area of GoBundance, and we'd love to see you inside of the tribe. Now, back to our show. The money, the paradigm around money in the sense of going from low ticket to high ticket was a, a game changer me a game changer for me because a few things I, I learned just a few weeks ago that the like the really the a few things the first thing is say someone's coming into your program or whatever it may be and you make it easy for them in the beginning yeah 
then you're doing them a disservice and they won't get the results that they want. And what I've also realized, realized is the more skin they have in the game and the higher ticket they pay, the more they play full out and it's the better quality of people and it's blown my mind. And yeah. so those are some of the shifts that I went through. Um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to share that. Dude, that, that like you got to back yourself into a corner in some, to some extent, like go is 10 grand to be a member at the elite yeah. level, 15 grand at the champion level. That ain't chump change. That's not, that's not nothing. Right. But by doing so, I give myself 10,000 reasons to engage, 10,000 reasons to take advantage. And my, the arc of my life over the last three years being a part of this community and getting into networks like yours and others, I mean, it's just, it's, it's two different people in three years, 40 years one way, three years completely different. And the only change that I can really speak to is investing in my own transformation, investing in my own self-development. So I believe in that. Like I've, I've just, I've paid too much to fail. I've yeah. done too much to fail. I've quit a 300 plus thousand dollar a year job. I can't fail. I've invested too much in this. So I completely agree with that. And that's been a limiting belief of mine. I, I run a meetup and it's always been free. And now we're talking about, now we should start charging for this because people engage more. The quality is better. We charge for one. And people were just saying like, it's kind of the same folks here, but there's just another level to this meetup because I paid a hundred bucks to be here versus just walking in free. I'm with you on that last one. That's one that's that's been a shift for me recently. I can't believe you're getting this stuff at, what are you, 26, 27 now? 25. <laughs> 25. God in heaven. Anyway, um, amazing, man. That's amazing stuff. And uh, and these are great, great, uh, great, great takeaways from any entrepreneur. I mean, really anybody celebrating wins, not celebrating wins, uh, those rules that you're rewriting. One question on the rules real quick. Yeah. How You said about like, you know, you, you try to get people easy things so that they can kind of build build momentum toward it. How much are the rules sort of, um, to your point about highway to hell and I forget what it was to success, like how much do you make them sort of, or do you ask of them to be easy? I, uh, here's context. I've talked to some people who say like, whatever the next thing you think you want to do is like, follow it. It's okay. Just be, just do Like You don't have to overthink this. You don't have to, you know, David Goggins your way through life, right? Like, you know, just beat yourself up. What's your view on that? Is it like you need to push against whatever the resistance is in order to overcome and then see that next level of life? Or is it follow what your, what your heart is telling you? I, I don't know if there's a, or if, if there's, a, if that's even two different things, I'm just kind of curious what your perspective is on that. Yeah, that that's a great question. I would say um, the, okay, let's break it down. Let's break the, the other one down. The first yeah. one is pushing through, pushing through and like fighting through is you need, really need to be aware of, of what the resistance is. Is the resistance like you're not really passionate about it or is the resistance like the voice in your head telling you that you can't do it and all your beliefs coming up? Does that make sense? And so like, it's like yeah. I firmly believe like if, if you're not passionate about real estate and it doesn't fire you up, I probably wouldn't pursue it. Um, or I'd find someone I'd be the money man and I wouldn't do the nitty gritty and I just put my money there. Is it right? Um, yeah, but yeah. The, the thing that I want to go through is a lot of the times the resistance is in your head. And the reason why the resistance is in your head is because a few things. The first thing is that um, the brain is 7 million years old and it's, it's designed to keep you safe. And as entrepreneurs, you're the furthest, furthest thing from safe all the time. Yeah. Um, and so what that means is any, any opportunity of growth, expansion, stretching, becoming all of that is a potential threat to your brain and it's going to try to talk you out of it. And most people aren't aware that it's the brain trying to talk you out of it because you're about to grow. Right. And so a lot of the times we can say, 
we can listen to the brain and think it's trying to keep us safe and like, oh, this is the path. I'm not going to do this. But in reality, your brain just wants to stay comfortable. And so you really have to identify, like, is the resistance, I really just don't like real estate or just really don't like this. Or is it, are you scared? Are you fearful? Are you uncertain? Are you honest with yourself and you have some beliefs that are holding you back, which most of the time it's your brain, it's your brain just trying to self-sabotage that. Um, and then on the other side of the, on the other side of the, the coin that you said is if um, you're truly passionate about something, then I would, I would pursue it. But also if you don't know what you're passionate about, you haven't tried enough things. Um, and so sure. continually, continually try things, um, surround yourself with, with amazing people that are richer and smarter than you. That's how I've gotten so far as I hang around with people that are richer and smarter than me. But I, I think, I think it's important to follow what you're really passionate about. I call them like whispers of the universe. Um, like the whispers of the universe is like, kind of like, like for me, just like I'm moving to Utah, like out of nowhere, like it just presented and I follow it. Right. Um, but I think that when you're aware that your brain's trying to talk you out of growth, when you're pursuing something that you're really passionate about, pursue it and then be aware of the voice and override. We call it overriding, overriding the software. And so I don't know if that made sense, but the the first thing is like, if you really don't like something, don't do it or find someone who, who can do it with your money, you know? Um, but if you're really passionate about something and, the, and you having resistance, that's your brain trying to talk you out of growth and, and bring you back to your old identity. What holds people back from that experimentation? Like you said, you have, if you haven't, if you don't know what you're passionate about yet, you haven't tried enough things. What, I don't know. What holds people back from doing multiple things, various things or, or pivoting and changing and all of that stuff. Anything that you've seen? Yes. Fear failure. They're afraid to fail. Um, what is my family going to think of me? What am I going to think of myself? What are my colleagues? What are my friends going to think of me if I fail? Um, so I think that's a big one. And then I also think it's, um, they hold on to certainty. So the certainty of the the paycheck or the certainty, which by the way, when, when it's coming to nine to five, for those that are listening, and I know a lot of people are breaking out and doing their own thing, but the two things that really hold people back and keep them in the nine to five is the benefits and the certainty of the paycheck every two weeks or whatever it may be. Um, so I think it's, I think it's the uncertainty that, that really gets in the way. Um, and I would say lack of knowledge and lack of proximity of other like-minded people. And that's why like go abundance is, is so amazing in the sense of like, if I went into that room and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to dabble in Airbnb and do this. And I'm like, no, just, just do it. And I'll help you. And here's, and, and, and so um, we talk about three C's is coaching, consistency, and community. I firmly believe that with the right coaching, the right consistency or AKA accountability and the right community, like you can't lose. And those things are going to give you certainty. Those things are going to give you confidence. Those things are going to give you more belief rather than trying to do it on your own. Which, by the way, for those that are listening, and you've done amazing things on your own, celebrate it because that is like badass. And then imagine how much you can grow and expedite the process if you do it with an amazing group that's going to bring you up. Right. And so I think I think it's it's fear. I think it's fear. You know, um, I, I just had the opportunity. I was at Funnel Hacking Live and I got to see Tony and, he, and it was a, a room full of entrepreneurs. And he was like, you know, entrepreneurs, they they tell themselves they get stressed. That's their word, stress. But in reality, he said, if I follow your stress, it'll lead to your biggest fears. You're scared. Yeah. Scared of something, right? And the more that, and, and, and what I really do, Jamie, is, and we were talking about this last night, is I help people break out of the matrix. 
it, help br break out of their hypnosis and the trance that are in and make them more aware of the human experience, aware of their thoughts, aware of their emotions, aware of their focus, aware of what's going on. Because when you become more aware, you can be truthful yourself and identify what's holding me back and how can I work through it. But oftentimes people wake up and they say, I feel shitty. Guess it's going to be a shitty day. I have a shitty job. I guess this is just the way it goes. When in reality, it's not. You're living in the passenger seat of your life rather than the driver's seat of your life. And so awareness is the secret sauce because when we're aware, we can take what's unconscious, we can make it conscious, and then we can strip power away from it. Dude, I love the driver's seat uh, 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 point because I think that what, what people, what I've started to learn is everything's a choice. Everything. What anything means is a choice. Uh, somebody dies in my life, like what the meaning of that is, is not, it's not inherent, right? I decide what the meaning of that is. Is it a relieving? Is it sad? Doesn't, you know, and people feel guilt because they're, they might assign meaning to something that's not what the norm is or whatever, but we have the choice to do anything. Your point about failure or, or um, uh, fear of judgment, fear of failure, all of that stuff. Like I feel like, and I've learned this, you know, it's inevitable. There's failure. There will be failure. So if you're working at a job, there's going to be some time or some way that a boss doesn't like you or a situation is set up where you're going to fail. So being on your own is your ability to choose how you might fail. And when you fail, you'll keep going just like at a job you would, but at a job or in a, in a situation where you're in the passenger seat, you're letting somebody else choose potentially your failure, or let's set somebody else choose your challenge versus choosing your own challenge, right? Like I'd rather choose the challenges of my life rather than have them thrust upon me is what I'm learning and coming to terms with. And I think that's what you're talking about, getting in the driver's seat of your life. Fair? Yeah. And even letting someone else, like you said, which was beautifully said, is letting someone else give you the meaning. Yeah. Right? Of what it means, right? And letting them letting them cast it on you rather than you coming up with your own meaning. And and it's a perfect example because maybe unconsciously I become a master of meaning. That's a cool title, master of meaning. Like um, because like even the, the sad news of my brother passing away from an overdose, like I don't feel guilt. I don't feel sad all the time. You know, like I'm, I'm liberated. I've, I found the gifts. I found the learnings. I've released myself. I was there for him. Right. And a lot of the times you see someone die in the family and they get crippled and handicapped for months, years. And they blame that event for the reason why they are today, which, you know, but so it, it, it's, it's finding the meaning and finding the gift. Um, and I love that. Like you have a choice. Yeah. You decide, right? That's so good. Yeah, I love it. No, that's amazing. We had a couple minutes left. I wanted to, a couple extra questions here. I had in here that I wanted to dive into. You talked about uh, being solution oriented. And I wondered this, I never asked you this, but I got to believe when you're out, people see you or meet you for the first time, you're getting on a plane you're getting looks, you know, maybe, you know, kids to adults, you're getting looks, maybe people asking you questions or, or maybe even offering to help you unsolicited. Oh, let me get that for you. Let me do this. Let me do that. Like we hung out in Vegas, man. Like, I, I mean, I'm in wherever you were, what was it? Aspen, your snow. I mean, you do so many things on your, in Vegas, like you're, I mean, you're completely self-sufficient. It blows my mind. And I've known you for a little bit, but I can imagine people do this with you being a solution oriented guy. How do you take that? How does that, what does that feel like for you? I, I got, a, is it frustrating? Are you past the point of frustration? I, I'm just kind of curious how this, how this shows up for you. For yeah. you. <laughs> um, I think I'm past the frustration. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm past it. And the reason being is because, and this is one of the most powerful things that I've learned is not letting emotion get into play, but trying to understand their model of the world. Mm. 
as in like their conditioning, they only know what they know. They only know what they've seen. They never even been exposed to a unicorn like me. And so it's like, I, I under, I can have empathy and compassion for the way that people look at me or stare. I, who knows? Right. For example, great example. I, I flew to Miami last night and I'm getting off the plane and they, they bring my wheelchair and the flight attendant's like, what can I do to help you? I'm like nothing. And I, I, I handstand and I flip into my chair and she goes, Oh my God, that was amazing. And like, <laughs> even after I was rolling away, she was like, did you guys see that? That was amazing. Um, and, but I, but I think that, which by the way, when you, when you have specific tools in your, in your mind or in life that God, the universe, whatever you believe in, will put people in your life that need those tools that need that shift. And so, um, I, I offer people the, the solution oriented way in the sense of if someone comes up in a conversation and they're focused on the problem, I'll just spark a question and they'll, they'll, they'll get pattern interrupt. They'll kind of sizzle out and they're like, Oh, I never thought it about that way. So I always challenge people's paradigms just by asking specific questions. Um, and I think that could be really powerful for anyone um, of, of veering people towards the solution rather than the problem. And I do it all the time. I do it in my relationship. I do it in my day to day. I make it kind of feel effortless, but it's because of the repetition and that, and that, and that I mastered it. So I've gotten over the, the frustration and I more understand. I try to understand where are people coming from? I don't know how they were born. I don't know what they were exposed to. I don't know their conditioning. It's probably not so good conditioning. Um, so at least I can do my part, whatever part that is. Yeah. You're asked questions. I love that. You've got this kind of coaching. It's in you, right? It's just yeah. who you are. It's what you are. And it, and it yeah. fires you yeah. up. Right. And, and I wanted to touch on another thing, Jamie, that you mentioned earlier is um, like the meaning and the choice and all that different type of stuff is like, like you said, failure is inevitable, but I don't want you, I don't want people to develop a disempowering belief based off of one failure. So for example, it's like, say you go into real estate and your first home, kind of like the deal, like shits to bed and it, and it wasn't a great experience. Because of that experience, you may develop a belief that real estate sucks or real estate's hard or it's not for me. And I want people to note that you must be persistent enough to have a new experience to develop a new belief. Right. And so, for example, it's like if you just start getting into dating and a girl rejects you, for example, like me, I may develop a belief that dating's not for me, girls are not for me, and rejections all around me. I'll never have a girlfriend. Right. Now, I have an amazing girlfriend. I was persistent enough to get a new result or new experience. So now I have a new belief around women, right? And so just understand that um, failure is inevitable, but don't let that define the experience or, or give you the belief. Like, be persistent enough to finally get the result you want so you can have a great belief around whatever you're doing. You know, like, for example, if you're if you joined if you joined uh, some sort of sales team and your first person told you no, don't develop a belief that sales is not for you and that you're shitty at this and blah, 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 blah. Be persistent enough to get the first yes. So you can now say, well, maybe this is for me and maybe I am good enough. But the thing is, is most people aren't persistent enough to get the new belief or no, new experience or new result. And I think that's key because that's a game changer that literally deciphers whether you stay in real estate or you don't stay in real estate or you think you could do it or you don't think you could do it based on the experiences that you've been, you've been given. Great distinction. I love it, man. We only had a few minutes left and I wanted to touch on this other topic when you, you started to touch on it a bit with uh, you know, your audience, high ticket versus low ticket, you, you know, the evolution of your brand and what you're doing, the beta that you're working through. 
And we talked about this at, at Omnia in Vegas when we were chatting. Um, so to the extent you're comfortable sharing about it, but the, the, uh, you were talking about how, you know, like you're, you're learning, Hey, you've got a big audience, but you know, who's in that audience you're trying to shift a little bit. Not that you, I mean, you love who follows you, but you know, you're also trying to build more, more of a, of an entrepreneurial audience than maybe you have right now. And one of the things that you, you posted recently on Instagram was, I mean, to me, the, the point of the post was apolitical. It spoke about taking control of your life and not letting situations or other people, like not blaming other people for, uh, for whatever situation that you're in. But the photo was you and former President Trump. I read the comments. Talk about, talk about that. I mean, just the image alone, how polarizing and how, and how people just react to it without really looking at the context of your, of your, of your position there. Can you just talk through that? Talk through that experience for you, because up until that point, I'm assuming it's been all love, all this, all that. And then you get this post and a fallout from it. So go, go through that for me if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I spent the last three, four years of my career trying to get everyone to love me. Yeah. And um, you only get so far trying to please everybody. You know that being a people pleaser, right? And 100%. Um, I knew there was going to be a point in my career where I needed to be a little bit polarizing. Um, and, sh- and we call it shake the branch, you know, shaking the branch and kind of shaking out the people that are kind of there just for there and to follow and who knows what they're there for. Um, and I- I'm, I'm in the business of creating raving fans and people that will ride with me no matter what. And so um, I had the opportunity to meet Trump and um, super cool. It's <laughs> super cool. Um, and as a 25 year old, which this is the crazy world that we live in, but as a 25 year old, I think it's just a massive accomplishment to meet the president. Like, I don't care who he is. Like if, if it's president, it's super cool. Yeah. And, um, as soon, and, and usually I would be like, hey, I'm probably not going to post this picture. I'm just going to keep it to myself. And I was like, fuck that. I'm, I'm posting this picture. And like you said, the caption was basically, and more importantly, like if you live in America, and you are blaming the specific government governors for your lack of success or your inability to execute, like you have a lot of fucking work to do. And mm-hmm. I said it very aggressively and maybe, and I didn't even think of, I didn't even, I didn't even proofread. I didn't proofread anything. I just posted it. And yeah. <laughs> it was, it was my most liked post. And it was also my most hated post. I, I lost 20,000 followers in a day. Um, and, um, you're a racist. You hate people that are disabled. I mean, you name it. I've, I've heard it all from that. And, um, it was, it was a great shaking of the branch because those 20,000 people that unfollowed me, they didn't really, they don't really care. They didn't even look at the, they didn't even look at the caption. Um, but uh, there's a few things as we end off here, right? There's a few things is, um, humans need to agree to disagree. Like even Jamie and I, like we're at to the point intellectually and, and consciously that even if we didn't, have the same beliefs, we can still talk about it and still be friends at the end of the day. Like that's the secret sauce is to agree to disagree. Um, the second thing is, is that when people, when people feel challenged about their beliefs, they crumble and they have to lash out and they have to cry and they have to whine. And you better hope you have someone like me in your life. That's going to challenge your standard and challenge your beliefs or else you're going to be average for the rest of your life. And so I I do it because I know people have more to be, more to give, more to serve. They have a better life out there. And so I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to hold you to a fucking high standard. That's what I'm going to do. Um, But but also is that, like I said, you can't please everyone. And I I also kind of identified, like, who do I want to align with? Like, who do I want to rock and roll with? You know, like I'm looking at 
and and I'll throw out some names. I'm looking at people like Sean Whalen, Lions Not Sheep. I'm looking at people like Andy Frisella. I'm looking at people like Ed Milet. Ed Milet's pretty interesting because he everybody loves Ed. Ed doesn't really get uh he's good at that. But Ed's at the point where he's not monetizing social media. He's already made hundreds of millions of dollars, so he don't really care, right? He's just trying to love everyone. Um, but I look at these entrepreneurs that take a hard stance on something and their impact has blown up, their business has blown up, and who they are has blown up. And for me, what's going on in the world is like, I'm, I'm going to stand up for freedom. Like, I don't care if that's one president or another president, I'm going to stand up for freedom and what's right and um, what the, what this country was built on. And so you, now you'll notice I did another polarizing post. I I don't know if you saw my gun post, just shooting, shooting an AR and screaming freedom like uh, Mel Gibson. Um, I lost a bunch of followers on that one. I don't care because I'm, not, I'm no longer in the business of pleasing everyone. I'm in the business of aligning myself with those who are like me. And those who are like me, they're entrepreneurs. They love freedom. They love America. And they don't make, um, they're, they're action takers, they're achievers. And those are the people that I want to work with. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to work with the other, the other people that follow me. I don't, I don't want to work with them. Um, and so this has been a great uh, journey for me of shaking the branch and creating raving fans. And, um, I, my, my masterminds and my courses and my stuff has blown up since then because, um, whoever aligns with me, they align with me, but also like, if you don't align with me, like I'm totally okay with it. Like, I, I, I don't hate you for it. I understand your model of the world and I'll ask you questions and I'll try to challenge you and I'll try to see your viewpoint. Um, but, there's so much, there's so much hate in the world. And that's because if people don't align, that's the thing. If people don't align with your beliefs, they think they you're wrong and I'm right. And you're never like, even in like, you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. You want to get vaccinated, you wear a vaccine. Like you're not wrong. You're not right. Just do your damn thing. Just do your own thing. And don't tell me I'm wrong or don't tell me I'm right. And that's all I want. I just want, I just want freedom of beliefs, freedom of speech. You do what you want. I'll do what I want. We can still be friends. Um, but man, people, people have to throw their, their beliefs down other people's throat. Um, and I just don't agree with it. There's so much wisdom in your young life. We're, we're right at the end here. Let's real quick. What's uh what is uh, a place people can learn more about you, follow you? Where, where do you want to direct folks? Yeah. Um, Instagram, Instagram is probably my main one, Instagram and Facebook, um, Nick Santanastasso. But if you type in Nick Santo, I'm the guy with no legs, one arm and a bunch of tattoos. I'm only one out there. Um, so you won't miss me. Love it, man. Love it. Appreciate you being on. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk soon. Yeah, and I'll be at, just to end off, I'll be, I'll be at the um, Park City event. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to Utah, moving to Utah. So yeah. I'll see you. I'll see you at Park City. Yeah. Love it. Thanks, everybody. All right. The wrong tribe confounds. The right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller, Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Thank you for tuning in to the GoBundance podcast. We hope to see you at a live event in the near future. If you're new to us, here's a quick explanation of our programs. Number one, Emerge, a web-based journey for millionaires to be. Number two, Ascend an interactive mastermind, the next stage of our journey. Number three, GoBundance Elite, the original tribe of millionaires. Number four, GoBundance Champions, five million net worth and above. Number five, GoBundance Women, a tribe of amazing badass women. For detailed information on all five of these, simply find us at GoBundance.com. Until then, grab life big.